Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. For anyone who wants to make money and make a difference, grow and leverage your enterprise better, get more done in less time, outsource everything and create your ideal lifestyle. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. This is Rob Moore. Thank you for tuning in. This is the first Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. Forgive me for the husky nature sound of my voice. You may know that I've done tens of thousands of hours of public speaking and have a couple of world records for the longest ever public speeches. Don't worry, this this won't be one. Uh, So it's nothing to do with the quality of the recording. It's all to do with the sound of my uh, continual sore throat. Uh, and by the way, my fiance is very happy about that. She uh, always reminds me I didn't get the world record for listening. Okay, so thank you for listening. The subject of this entrepreneur's podcast is how to do what you love, how to do more of what you love. Is it possible to do more of what you love? Is it possible to merge your passion and profession? Is it possible to merge your vacation and vocation? Most people live their lives separating the two completely hating being at work and wishing that they were doing more of what they love with their family, traveling, their hobbies, whatever, whatever you love to do. And and, and the dichotomy, the uh, sad paradox of that is you spend, what, a third of your life sleeping. You must spend a third or more of your life working. So you're spending less than one third of your waking life uh, doing what you love especially if you don't have a job or a career that you love to do. And I think that's one of the saddest things that is the story of the world that we live in and the way that the, the, the world is set up. But it doesn't have to be that way. And we're going to discuss if there's a way you can do both. Love what you do, do what you love, um, you know, make a living, uh, but living your life and merging your passion and your profession. So what's, I believe, just really quite uh, upsetting for most people is that when they're at work, they're wishing they were at home. You know, when they're uh, in their job, they're wishing that they, uh, you know, a bit like when you're at school and I used to uh, go to private school and I used to board. And I remember that I was always just looking forward to Friday afternoon when my mum would come and pick me up. And so I spent my whole week at school just really in a daydream wishing that I was at home so I could go and play football with my friends or, you know, whatever it was I love to do. And then as soon as you picked up on Friday, and maybe you enjoy Friday afternoon, but then as soon as Saturday comes, you think, oh, I've got to go back to school on Sunday night. And you spend the whole of your weekend uh, dreading the fact that school's coming on Sunday night because my mum would have to take me on Sunday afternoon ready to get me there Sunday evening, ready to go back Monday. And I would never impose on my children boarding. I think it's the worst experience ever. And I think that's a lot of pe- how a lot of people live their life when it comes to work and play and passion and profession. They're never really present. You know, they're never really fully engaged with their profession because they're wishing they were doing their passion. And then when they're doing their passion, they're never really fully engaged with it because they know that they've got work to do, check emails. You know, I've got, I'm, I've got deadlines and you can never really be present with your kids or, you know, your sport or, you know, the, the thing that were work not needed and where there was if there was no such thing as capitalism and no such thing as money and you didn't have to work for a living what would you do all day every day and that really if you can find out what that is and monetize it i believe that's mastery in living a life that you love and loving the life that you live and merging the passion and profession so let's go into some details on 
discussing the, the polarities of that and if it's actually possible that you can do that. Because, you know, you've probably heard the stories of the, you know, the people that inspire you the most. You might look at Steve Jobs, for example, and think, wow, he clearly loved technology and he clearly loved what he did. Or Arnold Schwarzenegger obviously seemed to love bodybuilding and made millions out of that. And then, of course, acting and whether you think he's any good or not. Um, I have had the real privilege of of getting to know Arnold Schwarzenegger personally and meeting him. And, uh, you know, he's someone that I just really believe is living a life that that he loves, where he's managed to master the merging of passion and profession. And uh, I believe you can do that. And this this section will, will hopefully teach you some ways that you can explore that and, and spend less time living in a headspace that's wishing you were somewhere else. So in order to do more of what you love, to turn your passion into your profession, uh, to love what you do and do what you love, you need time freedom. So imagine if you had passive income coming in. Imagine if the government were paying you £10,000 a month. They'd pay your mortgage, they'd pay your car loans and leases, and they'd pay your school fees and, and everything else. They'd even shop at Waitrose for you. You know, Imagine that uh, idyllic situation, delusion maybe. If you're in that situation, you would be financially free. You know, you'd, you'd be liberated from having to exchange time for money. And then you would be set free, set alight to go and do more of what you love. Now, I know a lot of people, if they're in that situation, they probably would be a little bit lazy and they'd probably take you for granted. But imagine that wasn't the case. Imagine you were now set free to go and do uh, more of what you love. That's a situation and a scenario that you actually can create for yourself. And the way that you can create that for yourself without you know, having the handouts from the government is to have assets. So if you have an asset that pays passive income, the passive income liberates you from having to work and then you can go and do more of what you love. And then the, the, the dichotomy or the paradox, but the positive paradox is once you're liberated from time, uh, you, you often go and do more of what you love in, in a more present manner, in a more grateful manner. And then normally you end up earning more money from it because you're inspired, because people are truly... Lit, lit up by your fire inside, inspired by you, and they'll follow you and they'll buy your stuff and they'll be inspired by you. They'll sense that you're on this mission and they'll want to be part of that. So to get time freedom, you need not to have to earn money and not to have to exchange time for money. And to not have to earn money, you need to have assets that pay passive income so that the assets earn the money for you. You know, the money works hard for you rather than you working hard for the money. And to have assets that pay passive income, you have to work to build those assets. You know, you have to work hard enough not to have to work hard. So step one in turning your passion into your profession and your vocation into your vacation is building assets. Now, most people at school don't get taught to build assets. They get taught to go into some kind of profession or career or vocation. And I think that's a, a, a real mistake. I think if we were taught more about, on the one hand, getting a career, a skill set that was very valuable, that we could exchange our time for a good remuneration, that's good. There's nothing wrong with having a great job. I'm, I'm not, the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast is not about necessarily quitting your job. And, and it's not necessarily about being an entrepreneur. You could be an intrapreneur. You could actually have a career that you love working for someone else. And they're obviously your insurance policy and your asset to pay your, your overheads. And that's absolutely fine. The point though is, without those assets paying you passive income, your time isn't liberated. So what you want to be doing, I believe, is working hand in hand 
on the one hand, the skill set, the career that will make the difference to, to you to pay your overheads, maybe to inspire others and, and maybe things that you can sell to other people that benefit them. But on the other hand, you want to be building an asset base. Now, that might be property. That might be investing in your own business, which then you leverage by hiring management. That could be uh, investing in funds if you've got a decent amount of capital that you might be able to get a, a net 5% return on. It could be trading watches. It could be art. It could be physical assets, you know, precious metals. There's, there's many different asset classes. And those of you that know me, you know that property is my favorite. And prop, property is the thing that's made me financially free. I became uh, financially free in at the end of 2006 when I was in my mid-20s. And, and prop, thanks to property, I became a millionaire around about the age of 30. I can't remember if it was just before or just after. Um, and property is one of those things where if you sp spend enough time at the start building assets, i.e. buying property, getting them managed, then obviously you have the rental income stream. And as long as you do your numbers right and you get a, you get a decent mortgage that's not too expensive and you get a tenant that stays there, you have passive income that's very predictable. And once that's set, then you can forget and you can move on. And you get a couple of dozen houses and uh, you might have a three to five thousand pound net passive income stream. And they'll be not 100% self-managing, but they'll be virtually self-managing. Another asset could be writing a Christmas number one, or it could be writing a book. You know, they're assets that pay passive income streams. You know, if you imagine you were to sell 100,000 books a year and Amazon got £9 and you got £1, let's say that's net, uh, taking out all the costs of the production of the books, etc. you just got net £1. Well, you've got £100,000 a year passive income. Pay your taxes and do what you've got to do. You might have £70,000 a year passive income from one book. But here's the thing. Most people, they've got a book inside them, but it's still inside them. And the reason I think that they don't take the time to write the book, to build the assets is, I think on the one hand, they don't really understand what an asset is. They think that their job is their asset and they think they've got to exchange time for money. But also they're not prepared to uh, step back to go forward. They're not prepared to delay the gratification because what you generally find in the paradox of life is the things that are easy and quick to get don't sustain and, uh, you know, aren't beneficial for you for the long term. I mean, if you think about the foods, the foods that take... For years, people have been asking me where I buy my watches. Many of you may know I'm a watch collector. I'm a watch investor. And those as an asset class have done me very well in the last 15 years. I have never shared where I source my watches from or my watch dealer until now. My watch dealer used to be a professional footballer for Manchester United. And he formed a watch brand called Broadwalk. And he sources the higher-end brands like Rolex, Audemars Piguet, Patek Philippe and Richard Mille. I trust him. I've used him for many years. And recently we've done a partnership. Hence, I'm inviting you, if you want to start investing in watches and protect your money from the banks and inflation, to check out Broadwalk. That's B-R-O-A-D-W-A-L-K. And the website is broadwalkgroup.com. The email is sales at broadwalkgroup.com. And please don't share this, but his number is 07496 878153. Obviously, only message him if you're serious about buying and investing in the higher-end watches. People have been asking me for years, and for the first time ever, you can get access to my watch team. It's nicest in the moment that your body's addicted to. Ultimately, don't end up doing your body as much good as the things that are green and smelly, but, but ultimately, you know, really great for your body. 
And it's the same when it comes to business and money, the things that take a little bit of time to set up assets, for example, property, writing a book, you know, it might take you six to 12 months to write a book, but if it's a good book that people want and it's well-researched and it's well-written, you know, you could sell, even if, like I said, even if you only sold hundred thousand copies a year, which is certainly possible for everybody. If you've got something inside you that you know that the world can benefit from. Now, the dichotomy is you probably want to write a book. You'd probably love to brand yourself and monetize your passion. But you're thinking, well, I can't take six months out to write a book because I've got to pay my mortgage and I've got to pay my car loans and I've got to pay everything else. So that's the thing you're balancing, isn't it? So there's different ways to do that. You could uh, set up a a part-time plan. You know, maybe you could have 10 hours a week. You've got your career Maybe make sure you don't bust a gut at 70 hours a week in your job. I know you probably think you have to, but you don't. Keep your career at 45 hours a week, something like that, if you do have a job. And spend 10 to 15 hours a week building your asset, whether that's music, whether that's books, information products. You could create a CD program, you know, information products, much like we do at Progressive Property. You could buy properties, like I said, you know, uh, multi-let properties or single-let properties. But the point is, it doesn't really matter what the asset class is, as long as it, it pays a passive income. And uh, you might take 12, 24 months, might even be less. And you've got this plan going parallel with your job or with your business that you've started up. Or if you're an entrepreneur, for example, and you've got your business, but the income isn't passive at the moment because you're working all the time and you're doing everything. And, you know, you're doing the accounts and you're doing the sales and you're doing the marketing. You're doing the website and you're writing the copy and, you know, the classic kind of entrepreneurial scenario when you start. You still want to spend 10 to 15 hours of your week building an asset class. A business is an asset, but it's only an asset in terms of passive income when you don't have to work in that business, when you've got management and a CEO and an MD and all those things. So don't, you know, don't, don't get uh, confused about what an asset is. You know, a property that you live in is not an asset if you have to pay the mortgage. A business that you work in isn't an asset. An asset is something that pays passive income where your time isn't needed to create the income. So you have this 12 to 24 month plan where you're able to build your asset base. And if you want a calculation, you really want to look at a capital base times 5% equals your income. So if you've got a a 1 million pound capital base, uh, an asset base, then uh, 5% of that in income is 50,000 pounds a year. I mean, you can get more income from an asset for sure, but that's really a a way to do it uh, in terms of a safe and sustainable calculation. Now, for example, a book might not cost you £100,000 or it might not be a million pound asset base, but it will take time to build up. It will take time to get out, to write, to get edited, to launch, to go viral if it's good. Uh, And so, you know, you want to factor your time into that cost, but work roughly on a 5% of capital value as income. And then you get to the point where your passive income from your assets matches net the income from your job. And that should be your target, uh, whether it's your, whether your job is currently your business and your enterprise, because you know, you're still in it or whether it's a career and you're working for someone else. So between six and 24 months is normally what it takes for someone who's pretty committed. I've seen it done quicker from some of the progressive students who've done amazingly well. I've seen some people become financially free in three to four months uh, by um, building assets quickly because they raised a lot of finance from partners and family members or because they picked a very high income strategy. And uh, you could write a book in a month if you locked yourself away. If you got up at six o'clock in the morning and wrote your book from six till eight every morning and then went to work, and then you got home at uh, 5.30 and you spent a couple of hours with your kids and from eight till nine for one hour, so three hours 
all day, every day, you'd get a book written in a month, done. And in fact, that's how I got life leverage done. I worked from six till 8.30 in the morning and I played golf with my son uh, for a couple of hours each day and uh, just made sure that the afternoon was free and the evenings were free to uh, spend time with my family and my fiance. So, you know, you don't have to, life doesn't have to stop. You just have to have consistency and commitment to build that asset base. Now, make sure that you learn that asset base properly. So make sure you study to get your book written because you want to make sure that what makes a book interesting to people and viral and shareable, uh, that you've got that covered when you write your book. Make sure that if you're investing in property or another asset class, you don't go in completely blind with no knowledge. A lot of people think, well, you know, you can just learn on the job. Well, if you get a couple of houses and you get the wrong mortgage and you get the wrong a refurb team and you get the wrong tenant and that'll cost you a lot of money. So it's just a little bit of a gentle word of warning. Make sure you get properly educated because the investment in yourself is, will pay the best interest. So let's take you a little bit down the road where you're six to 24 months in and the passive income from your assets has equaled your career income. Now you have some cool choices. You can either now enjoy your work a bit more because you're not just doing it now for the money, you can probably enjoy doing it with a bit more passion and enthusiasm, not feeling forced or sold out or paid out or golden handcuffed or bribed or however else you might feel in your job. That's one option you have. Another option you have is you've got double the money. You might have five grand a month from your job and five grand a month from your asset base. And you're thinking, you know what, I'm going to carry on with my job because I quite like 10 grand a month and now I enjoy my job a bit more. And I've got this passive income or which I guess is probably the more favorable option for you is you can give your notice to the job that you have because that wasn't the thing that you love to do. And now you can go play. You can go have fun. You can write that book you wanted to write. You can go uh, play golf, you know, seven times a day. You can reconnect with your family and travel more with them. And, you know, if you need a bit more of a funky lifestyle, you work it out. So if you need another thousand pound a month to pay for your two or two holidays a year, then you buy another few properties or you build another asset in your asset base. You set a timeline for that. So because Parkinson's law states that uh, time and money fill the space that it has. So as soon as you get to five grand a month, which was your old target of financial freedom, all of a sudden you need 10,000 a month. Because now you need, you know, to go on holiday five times a year and you need that uh, Range Rover with the chauffeur pack in the back and you need all the fancy stuff. So, But that can all be worked out by buying an, another asset. If you want a car, uh, let's say a nice Mercedes is £250 a month or even £500 a month, go buy two assets that pay you £250 to £500 a month from the passive income and you've got a free car ultimately because it's paid by the passive income. So you can keep growing your income and sustaining spending more by building assets. But what do most people do in their career? What they do is they get a job, they overspend, they spend more than they earn, they push for a promotion, they earn a bit more, but then they spend more and they just spend their whole life uh, never really having that disposable income because they just keep pushing their expenses up in line with their job and they spend their promotion money before they get promoted. So here's the plan of action of doing that, of building that asset base from a standing start. So you want to start by saving first. So if you don't have a capital base, start by saving, start by paying off all of your credit cards, your debts, your loans, and saving some money in the bank. Because if you start speculating, gambling, or investing without a lot of knowledge or experience, which ultimately is gambling, 
then you could erode any capital you save or you could get yourself into further debt. So you want this little bit of a savings pot first, such, such that A, you've got some money to invest, or B, you've got maybe a few months or even a few years worth of the equivalent of your job income uh, there in savings so that you could maybe quit a bit earlier and spend more time uh, doing what you love and loving what you do. Also, like I said, if assets go bad or things go wrong, you've got some savings there to cover you. Once you've saved, got rid of your debts, got a little bit of a pot of money and you don't need huge deposits or you don't need, you know, to write a book, for example, it doesn't take tens of thousands of pounds. You could do a book writing course, for example, uh, and then you could go write your book. And really, it's just the time cost. Once you've saved, then you start investing and you can invest your own money or other people's money into assets to create the passive income and you're building up enough of a capital base to replace the income on on a 5% ratio. Then you're free. Then you go and do more of what you love. And once you can do more of what you love, what you find is because you're not selling out anymore, because you're not trading time for money, because you're not resenting being somewhere else that you don't want to be and you're, you're actually now fully present rather than distracted. And you, you find that you have more freedom to express. You find that you'll go and do these things that you love to do without the pressure and the stress of having to monetize them or having to get that mortgage paid. And, and when you're in that state of true expression of freedom, you're more inspired. When you're more inspired, people are more inspired by you. It, that Therefore, it makes selling easier. I remember I used to be an artist back in 2005. And, uh, you know, I had a lot of what you might call talent for art. I got an A star at GCSE. I got 100%. I was the only person in the whole of the UK at the time to get in that year to get 100% of GCSE art, art subjective. So it's something that most people don't get 100% in. And I was only the only person in the year. Now, by the way, I'm not saying that to, to brag or boast because you'll see in a minute while well, that actually was um, pretty ridiculous. I then did A levels and I got 98% at A levels. So I got an A. And because I had a motorbike crash in the second year, missed the whole second year of college, I actually ended up changing the mount board and the frame of my GCSE work and resubmitting it to my, uh, for my A-levels. It's a bit cheeky, I know, but I missed a whole year and I didn't want to fail the exams. So actually my A-level work was the work, the, the, the drawings and the art I'd done two and a half years ago and I still got 98%. And then when I turned my passion into my profession and I set up as an artist and I'm brilliant at art, I've got all these A's and I'm one of the most talented people in the country for art and I love art. All of a sudden, day by day, I just started hating it because you're having to sell yourself out. There's time pressure. You know, when, when you just love painting and drawing, you just paint and draw when you want. But when there's pressure, you, you know, you've got a commission and this person wants it in two weeks and the creativity isn't there and you feel the pressure and then you feel like, oh, I've got to do what they want to do and you're selling out. And it, you know, there was a time maybe for about two years when I was an artist where all I was doing was painting in browns and creams because everyone wanted these kind of semi-abstract uh, triptych canvases to go above their brown sofa in their brown and cream living room. And I hated the colours and I hated painting stuff that people wanted to pay 200 quid for where I thought it was worth a lot more. And I really had this internal conflict of I'm really losing my passion for art because I'm selling out and I'm having to turn it into a job and there's all these pressures. But when you've got assets that pay passive income, that just disappears. Because if you want to paint in the middle of the night, you paint in the middle of the night. If you want to do your thing 50 hours or 60 hours a week or five hours a week, you can. And what you find is when you haven't got that pressure and that stress and that tension, it comes out, it comes through you, you're creative. Uh, and you find that you do more of it anyway, you have the enjoyment 
And people are like, wow, that person's inspired, you know, like a, a bit like a band when they first start, you know, when they're, when they're contracted to write seven albums in seven years by the, the hard-nosed uh, music label, you know, you can find that their creativity and their, um, their passion is a bit stifled. You can find that after a couple of good albums, then their music becomes a little bit sold out. Uh, and, you know, if you look at some of the best bands in the world and some of the bands you love have written a lot of albums, you'll find a couple of albums which is just pure creative genius and you can just hear and sense the freedom, the expression, the experimentation, you know, that this is who we are, this is what we love without worrying about being judged or, you know, or how many they sell or or the deadline to get it out. And then, and then you find a couple of albums which you can tell that they're, it's just not quite coming through them, the pressure from the music label. I remember Radiohead, one of my uh, favourite bands, they ended up, uh, when, the, when they're out of contract, they ended up just doing their own thing and they, they didn't have an, a record label and so that they could go down the journey that they wanted to go down without the, 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 the pressure to write an album like the last album or an, al- you know, an, an album that's a, a worldwide sellout. And that's what you find happens to your passion when you turn it into your profession, but you've got assets that pay passive income so that you don't have all of this you know, self-imposed or societal imposed or financially imposed pressure, deadlines and limitations. Now, something I feel that I was really, I was really grateful for being able to discover this, but you can actually merge your passion and your profession and you can make entrepreneurship, business, investing and property, you, they can become your passions. So if you want like the shortcut and, and the kind of the best of all worlds to create a uh, financial freedom and to to do more of what you love learn and turn investing into a passion now i never thought i'd be passionate and love reading on investments and business and capitalism and information marketing and sales and all these kind of things writing books on the subjects you know when i was an artist i was a bit could call me a little bit of a hippie uh, certainly it was an anti-capitalist. I never thought I'd be doing this kind of thing. But actually, when you learn about investing and business and service and entrepreneurship and enterprise, and, and you realize that's a very creative thing in itself, and you realize that that's a way that you can help and serve others just like you can as a musician or an artist or anything that's or a designer, anything that's deemed more creative, you actually find that you can really build a burn and a light, this latent passion within you and in, at the end of 2005, I, I got into property just as a kind of like, I guess I had the epiphany I'm discussing right now, which I suppose makes it really relevant that it's the first Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast. I had this epiphany that, you know, if I want this freedom and I want to go and do what I love, I need to make money and I need passive income. And, you know, I was very anti-capitalist and anti-money and anti-the system back then. But at the same time, I was like, well, that is the system. And I can moan about it all I like and, you know be envious of people who have Ferraris and hate all the massive corporations that pure capitalists. At the end of the day, money is a system and I can either reject it, in which case I'll always be skint and bitter or I can embrace it. So, so I embraced it a, a little bit begrudgingly at first and I got into property and um, actually within a year, I had a dozen or more properties within two years, I had 35 and they were all done no money down. And all of a sudden this passive, no, I needed to have passive income so I could then go and do what I wanted. But actually I just had this mother property and then, and then as we built an information business around property, you know, you, you probably know um, I've got many best-selling property books and uh, I own the, the UK's largest property investing company, Progressive. And, and all of a sudden I loved building a business and I loved teaching other people to, how to invest in property. And I love writing books and I loved uh, creating information. And, 
And I was like, where was, where did, this was, this didn't exist at careers advice at school. This didn't exist in my twenties when I was going out and getting uh, drunk and oiled every single night. This didn't exist when I was an artist. Where, where's this come from? And, uh, and it was actually quite an amazing thing to go through to, to know that actually not only can you merge your passion and your profession, but building assets to be able to merge your passion and your profession can come your passion and your profession too. And I think maybe that's like the Holy Grail where you have uh, the best of all worlds merged because every day you're doing what you love. You're earning a load of money. Your, your job is your freedom and your freedom is your job. I do many public speeches about property and I take my family with me and uh, I take my son around the world with me to Dubai, to Florida, to Tenerife, to go. We go to all the golf resorts and I run public speaking, um, you know, seminars and do speeches and run workshops and courses while I'm there. So literally everything I do is not compartmentalized. It's like, why should it be in life that you're doing work at that time and play at that time? And, you know, you're watching your TV series at that time and you're making love at that time once a year. Why should everything be separated and compartmentalized? It can be completely merged and, and, and you can, you know, you can get your family involved in your work because you love it. And it's, and it's making a difference to you and making a difference to others. And also, and when you're with your family, uh, it, it doesn't have to be that you're running away from something or you're dreading going back to something. So why not try, you know, listen to some books and audio programs, go to some seminars and courses on property investing and business and entrepreneurship and how to become an author. And why not try and alight that within you? Because what I found is when you're making a lot of passive income, it becomes enjoyable, even if it's not the thing that you thought was an, enjoy- an enjoyable thing at the start. Now, what w- the funniest thing about this was once I became completely financially free, which was what I guess when I was 26 stroke seven, I could go and paint as much as I wanted, but I never picked up a paintbrush or a pencil ever again. So once I had that choice and that that ability to do what I wanted all the time, it was kind of like, well, because I sold myself out because it was a bit of a darker place for me, it actually wasn't what I wanted to do. But if you, if you see me travel around the world now, all I want to go and do is go and look at all the properties and I want to get to know the property prices and I want to go and meet all the millionaires and billionaires that live in that place uh, you know, and I want to look at the infrastructure and the buildings. Uh, and, and that was a, a latent, I suppose, passion that, that, that was, was lit up um, once it started to work. So I believe it's even better to discover or nurture a passion for investing, entrepreneurship, business, so you can almost spontaneously have everything, your passion, your profession, your vocation, your vacation, and um, you'll never work a, li- a day in your life ever again. You'll never feel like you're working. Now, one caveat before I finish, I would say is that no matter what you do, there will always be downtimes. So I think a lot of people are looking for this uh, panacea. They're looking for this delusion that you can be happy all the time. And they look at something else, you know, maybe maybe they look at someone else's partner and think, oh, I'd love to be with that person. And I would be always happy with that person. And they have just as many downsides, different downsides to the partner you're with. And I know a lot of people spend their life you know, kind of not seeing the upsides of the person that they fell in love with and seeing the, only seeing the downsides and only seeing the upsides of, you know, their dream, you know, the grass is greener syndrome. And that's just a complete delusion. No matter what, no matter what, what job you have, what career you have, what, uh, you know, no matter what you do with your time, you will always have downs and ups. You will always have love and hate. You'll always have pain and pleasure. You know, if you're a, a parent, you'll know listening that you absolutely love your children. It is deep within you, unbreakable love but you hate their face sometimes. You want to rip their head off and it's okay in one moment to be pushed and challenged and to actually not like how they're being. 
Life is like that. It doesn't matter where you go and what you do and what you search for, that will never be different. So one thing I would say is don't go and search for the, the one-sided delusion of happiness and freedom and look at the grass on the, uh, being greener on the other side because it never is. And I think once you accept that and you accept the ups and downs, you actually learn to love what you do a lot more. You know, if you, if you, if you love the, the, the things about your life partner, your fiancé, your husband, your wife... Uh, you, you learn to love their downsides as well as their upsides. All of a sudden you fall in love with them a lot more and they completely change when your attitude to them changes. And I found that the same in my career, investing and in business in the, you know, okay, well, the downsides of investing is that, you know, you've got to set it up. The downsides of property is sometimes you have a couple of issues with tenants and the downsides is, you know, you've got to manage a refurb team and some of these things can happen and the government can change the legislation. But the upside is passive income. The upside is getting on the rich list one day. The upside is being able to do more of what you love and, and hey, those upsides are great. Uh, so uh, it's been a real pleasure to uh, speak to you for the first ever Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast. Uh, I'd love it if you could uh, leave a review of this podcast if you thought it was great. And hey, if you didn't think it was great, go and leave a review as well because I always want to hear your feedback. You can follow me at Progress uh, on um, Facebook, Rob Moore Progressive. And you can follow me also on Twitter, Rob Moore Progressive. That's Rob Moore Progressive. And I look forward to sharing the next Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast with you. Mm-hmm.